Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sean's show. I am Sean. This is my show. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. The best thing to come out of Japan since sushi. I got my boy Issei Fraser in the building. Issei, thank you for being here. Thank you, Sean, for letting me be on the show, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> yes, bro. I, I got to tell you right now, I've already told you once, I was super psyched for you to be here, bro. Um, before we get rocking and rolling, today's show is sponsored by Nick's Naval Oranges out of Naples, Florida. <laughs> Interesting. Get them while they're ripe. Get them while you can, because Nick sells out of them Naval Oranges out of Naples, Florida real, real quick. Issei, bro, like I was saying, I've been super psyched to have you on, bro. First of all, for anyone that doesn't know Issei, he's got an insane amount of knowledge about an insane amount of things. You could pick his brain probably about a million different categories, and he could probably tell you all kinds of different stuff that you didn't even know about it. I met Issei working at the dealership. Uh, he was there before I started, um, and he did a fair amount of, of selling, so he, he wasn't too bad. He was actually good enough to, to make a transition to something probably a little bit cooler than my day job, um, but I'm going to let him talk about that here a little bit. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to the first episode with my brother Garrett. If you have not listened to that, give it a listen. Episode one with Garrett Holloway. He say, bro. Thanks, man. How you feeling? Well, it's a beautiful night. It you know, a, it's a beautiful night, bro. Just to converse and talk <laughs> and talk about life, enjoy life. You know, yeah. life is too short, so yeah. might as well enjoy it, right? He say pulled up to my crib in a Corvette, all casual. <laughs> Yeah, I'm literally like wearing hey dudes right now just to be comfortable. Casual. The point of this is to be comfortable. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want people to be able to come over, kick back. We we got beers cracked open right now. We're yeah. just sipping, living life. Yeah. You got some fancy Japanese beer over there. What well, you, is that? You can get this from at HEB. Oh, you, you can know, get it at yeah, HEB. But you pay a premium, but but you know. In Japan, there's only two good beers. It's either Korean or Sapporo beer. That's okay. the only two that you can, like. That just, are worth drinking. Yeah, worth drinking there. Okay. So, I mean, that's everybody's go-to drinks there. So How do you say it? Kirin? Kirin. Kirin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that imported from Japan? Um, it, Or is that made here? It says it's imported. So, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is, it tastes, tastes exactly the same from really? them. So, I'm guessing, yeah. Kirin. So, Kirin. Okay. Premium beer. That's pretty dope. You can get it at H-E-B, you said? Yeah, but th- this was the last uh, case. You know, I was, like, kind of shocked. So there's people sipping on Japanese beer. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel good. I, you know, they join the some. I'm sure someone's drinking one right now with me, so. Yes. That's dope. Whoever's sipping Kareen out there, enjoy it. My man Issei sipping on some with you. Thank you. As always, we're going to start with some current events. So I don't know if anyone that's listening right now even knows this, but Queen Elizabeth is having <laughs> her Platinum Jubilee. It's a big old like weekend celebration. Homegirl's 94 years old. Let, let me fact check myself. Let me pull this up real quick. I think the queen is 94 years old. Let me. The 96-year-old Britain monarch. She's 96 years old. She's celebrating 70 years of being on the throne. I think there's t- only two other monarchs, uh, French King Louis, and then Thailand's King, 
I'm not even I'm, gonna. I'm, I don't even know. I'm don't, not don't, even don't, gonna, don't even ask me. So that's yeah, something yeah. I don't know. I I'm not gonna even go there and try and pronounce that. Um, yeah. So it's pretty much just a big old celebration. They got parades going on. They're flexing their military muscle oh, a little yeah. bit with everything that's going on right Project now. Project X in England right now. <laughs> in England, bro. They're popping off right now. Um, the crazy thing about the whole situation is she's 96 years old. So she can't really partake in a whole lot of these celebrations. She's missed out on two of them. I can't imagine at 96 years old that you're doing a whole lot behind the scene. Right? She's probably kicking it for the most I'm part. I'm sure she is. You know, she's just... I don't know what she's doing. I honestly don't know. She, I know she's probably sleeping right now. Sleeping I, yeah, good. I cannot imagine what the life of a 96-year-old monarch looks like. And, and Britain's not a small third-world country. No. They're a big, developed country. Yeah, it's just... I, I'm sure she's, I don't know, probably cuddling <laughs> with her pillow right now. I, that's all I can think of. Doing some cuddling with her pillow. Well, shout-out to Queen Elizabeth. Congratulations to 70 years. If you ever hear this, you go, girl. You go, girl. In national news, I'm a little bit biased on this one, but the Boston Celtics defeat the Golden State Warriors in game one of the finals. Let's go, Celtics. Do you watch basketball? I don't, but I do like the Mavericks. Okay. But, I mean. Valiant effort to them this year, bro. Yeah, they did pretty good. I think they went pretty far. I mean, they were playing the Gold Stage, right? They did go pretty far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, that. So I'm pretty sure they they beat the Suns and then they go to play the Warriors. The Warriors are an unstoppable team sometimes, bro. They're crazy good, especially Steph Curry, man. The Celtics. Well, he's. I, I think he's a goat too. You know, Steph Curry. Yeah, he absolutely is, and, and I give him all respect because the fact of the matter is, he changed the way that the game is played. But man. I agree with you. Yep. He changed the way the game's played. I agree. Right. He took it from this playing in the paint and fast pace or methodical passing to straight jumping at the three from every angle. Half court. Bro. Everything. Bro. I fuck. confidence. I know? hate it, bro, because every time he throws that ball up, I'm like, that's in. Yeah, you're like, you don't even, you're not even surprised anymore. You're just like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I kind of did have that feeling watching game one, man. I was like, oh, that's in. Every time he yeah, touches it, it, that's in. Cool. All right, get down the court. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, man, the fact of the matter is the Celtics went in. I got to say to everyone listening, uh, if you were doubting them, come on, man, put some respect on them. You know what I'm saying? Um, put put some respect on the Celtics. Um, but the fact of the matter is it was a tough-fought game. The Warriors were putting on them, putting it on them in the third quarter, and then they just turned it on fourth quarter and they managed to get it. Shout out to the Boston Celtics. Great team effort on that one. Um, game two tomorrow, Sunday night. So tune in and we're back in the Golden State for that one. So Who do you think is going to win? I'm going for the Celtics, bro. If we can put two in two, California. Two on the board in California. And no, then no. go play two in Boston. Who knows what happens? Yeah. But if I'm being respectful, I think Golden State wins. You think so? They're going to make the, the title or tomorrow, the, game, the game. The game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Golden State wins tomorrow, it goes to seven games. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not ready to say who wins that, right? I believe the Celtics win it because that's my team and I got faith. But if it goes all seven, it could be either way, right? And um, 
if Boston wins tomorrow, they win in six. Oh yeah, I believe. So, but uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Right? We'll find out tomorrow. So tune into that. Um, we'll we'll move on to some local stuff, right? So, Ise, I know you love good food. I love good food. I don't know if you know this. Have you ever been to a Longhorn Steakhouse? I believe so. Long it's a pretty little bougie ago. spot. Yeah, I, I probably like. Yeah, it's been a few years for sure. I've seen them, you know, on San Antonio on the side of the roads and stuff like that, little yep. restaurants. So, yeah, I think aren't they building one here? They're building one here. Yeah. So I've only ever been to one, and it wasn't like a significant enough experience where I was like, "Hell yeah, we're getting a Longhorn Steakhouse." You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't a significant enough experience. We're also getting an Abuelos. Which is a Mexican joint. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I'll tell you, bro. The one time that I've been there, I didn't like it. So, like for both, is it of like the, Taco Bano? Or something no, like it's no. a it's a sit down restaurant. I'd say it's a little bit fancier version of like Henry's. Maybe they they do a pretty like elegant setting in the dining area. They dress it up real nice. Um, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got a lot of good Mexican food here in San Angelo already, man. I feel like it's saturated, to my honest opinion. <laughs> we got know. a lot of good Mexican food here in San Angelo. And I'll be honest with you, the last thing we, we need is another Mexican joint. I agree with you. You know? so I just want some sushi. Can anyone listening right now, if someone can open up a good sushi bar, trust me, I'll be the first person to try it out for it. If you need a <laughs> taste tester, I'm here. Call Issei. He will taste test your sushi for you. Um. So that, that kind of brings me back to you, right? You say, obviously, you have an affinity for all things Japanese because you yourself, you were born in Japan? That is correct. Okay. Uh, for eight, Well, I was bo- yeah, I was born and raised in Japan. Okay. Uh, you know, pretty much went through kindergarten all the way through high school. You know, so 18 years of living on a military base, pretty much. And, Where know, at in Japan? Yokosuka, Japan. So it's a naval base there. So right by tokyo you know literally 40 minutes that's literally what we did on friday nights after the football games we just go out and get hammered you know <laughs> in tokyo yeah you that's know, so, crazy you know that that was our celebration even though we lost our our football team sucks really terrible <laughs> horrible i'm surprised that we even the, the program was still open in really? those four years that bad yeah we were horrible oh man you played on the football team mm-hmm. what I was position a middle, middle linebacker and i was a punter really yeah could you nobody, kick pretty good nobody can kick good but just the asian guy over here to say let's hey, go hey we need him to kick <laughs> so i was on a special team i didn't play offense that much you okay know, someone got hurt or something and yeah i played tight end but yeah other than that i was just a middle linebacker and a punter and a kicker that was it you get some tackles yeah, I I mean, I always got hammered, you know. Yeah. Got pulling guards 24-7 from the Air Force. I'm like, gee, uh, we yeah. take, they couldn't throw, but they can run. So yes. I literally just got hammered <laughs> by the guards 24-7, you know. They, the thing is, our heaviest lineman was like 250, literally. There was nobody that weighed more than 250. Holy moly. You know, so, and their linemen are 275, 300, and they have, they have a whole old line, yeah. you know, set up. So and y'all were just playing other people on Japan, like yeah. In Japan, I mean, there's or? like there's you know Misawa Air Force Base, you got Yokota Air Force Base, you okay. got our base in Zama, okay. uh, Army Base, and I mean, there's like I would say ten. And we, like if we did good enough, we go play in Korea, uh, South Korea, and then if we do really well, then we go to Guam. If we do super well, we go to California and play their programs. So, really? Yeah, but 
during those four years that it was just an ass whooping. You never experienced that. <laughs> just an ass whooping 24-7. Hey, bro, sometimes you need a good ass whooping. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for the first, I mean, JV, like our JV team was badass. They were, they won every single game. Really? But when they transitioned to varsity, oh, my God, they were, we were just terrible. Just because of the size difference? Yeah, it was just pretty much the size difference. Nobody really? know how to bulk up. And, I mean, we didn't really focus on weight training. <laughs> so we were just pretty <laughs> much just running a ball, yeah. throwing balls. That's pretty much it. So That's got to be pretty lit playing football in Japan, though, man. Yeah, I mean, like. I just Living re- in Japan in general. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but I just, like, remember just, like, because I lived off base at times. So when, like, after, like, football practice, I like, I had to go home. And I take the train. I had to bring all my football gear, like on Thursday nights, to wash my gear for Friday. You know, for the games and stuff like that. And all the Japanese people just look at you funny, and you're like sweating and stuff <laughs> like that because we didn't even have a shower to shower in. You know, our facility wasn't that great. You know, so we just literally, I was like stinking up the whole train and everywhere, all that. It's like gaijin, gaijin. You know, the Americans there. <laughs> so I was just like, I know, I feel, I feel like a dick, but <laughs> I was like, oh well. You know, but it was like, it was like, man, you, I just remember this little kid just put, like trying to pull my helmet. I was like, no, no, no. He was like, is this for the motorcycle? No, it's for football. He's like, football? What's football? Then um, I had to explain to him, but yeah. You know, it's, it's cool to share the culture with like Japanese people. Yeah. And in a sense, like to bring, you know, insight in our lives as American, you know, yeah. see how we run day to day, you know, type of thing. So. so you played football. What is the predominant sport that people play in Japan? guess cricket cricket <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> baseball oh, fuck. either baseball or soccer <laughs> cricket who the fuck plays cricket i know the indians play cricket they love that shit they love whacking balls all day bro I, I don't know why i said cricket to be honest with you because the obvious answer is baseball mm-hmm. japan has produced a lot of great baseball players to me I'm Shohei Otani fan all the way in. I don't care what anybody says. That boy can do everything. Yeah. MVP 24-7. He's the next Babe Ruth in my opinion. That good. I think he's that great. Statistically. Yes. Because I think that's why Babe Ruth is in the conversation is because stats. Yeah. I mean, I think every time I watch him play, it just like amazes me. Like he's my age. And, you know, he's 27. So he's just like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum for the Celtics is like 22 years old. Really? <laughs> Playing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I can barely put my pants on this morning. <laughs> Jason Tatum is 22, bro. Playing in the NBA yeah. Finals. Okay, so you were born in Japan. Your parents. So your dad was in the military. Yeah, he was in the Navy. Okay, so he was on the USS Midway. He's okay. still currently living there for thir- you know he's been there for 35 years now. So really. You know, serving the government now, the U.S. Okay. government. So, but then my mom, of course, you know, a little love story. My dad went into a bar and met my mom. And my mom during that time was actually dating somebody. Really? And my dad was a little cheeky bastard. <laughs> and so Lily wrote his phone number down and gave it to my mom. Two weeks later, my mom gave him a call and said, hey, you want to go on a date? And came out me. So, dang. Boom. So, yep. That's quite the story. I love that though, man. So he goes to Japan. He where was he born? Where was your dad? Born? So he was born in Menard, Texas. Okay. So just so you got roots to the area, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, that's what brings you back to San Angelo then. I, I yeah, I guess I really didn't want to stay here in San Angelo at first. 
I really want to. I got accepted to. Well, I was going to play at Bling Community College by Houston as a walk on baseball. I was good enough to be able to walk on to their team. Okay. And try out. Where at? Bling. Bling, Bling Community College is right okay. by outside of Houston. Yep. So, and then my senior year, I got hurt. So that kind of went out of the, out of the, you know, out of my head in that yeah. sense. And so I was like, well, fuck it. I just go to ASU. So now I'm still here. <laughs> so you went to ASU mm-hmm. and then you were like, no more? No more. I did two years and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I was tired of it. So, you know, I like, and that's where like, I really got the business mentality, you know, like I, I, I always, you know, I knew that I wasn't, I had to work for someone to be able to get that experience. But then eventually in the future, I always wanted to work for myself, mm-hmm. be my own boss, make my own decisions, Yep. you know, and just make my own future in that sense. You know, I don't want to rely on someone else, you know, to determine my outcome. I you agree. Know, I want to do that. Yep. So, you know, in the day it comes back to life being too short, you know, and they, you have to have no regrets and be able to take all the opportunities that you can get in life and take it and run with it. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So born in Japan, your parents meet in Japan. You lived in Japan from the time you were born to the time you graduated high school. That is correct. Okay. And then you graduate high school, you come over to Texas cause you want to go to college and you say, fuck college. Not for me. Now you're at the dealership immediately after? No. So, okay. like, my first job was actually working at Riley's. Okay. You know, selling parts. Okay. You know? I've always been into cars and stuff like that since I was really young. So, you know, yes, Tokyo Drift was exactly like that. So, really? anybody wants to know, Tokyo Drift was exactly what you saw seen in the movie. Really? Exactly like that. So, oh my God. So, <laughs> I mean, I've been into car. Like, I remember my uncle, my Japanese uncle, you know, he had a Supra. And that really triggered my passion for cars so then of course nobody in my family knew anything about cars but except for my uncle you know what generation was the supra it was the mark four okay or so i mean it was like you know like paul walker's you know yep or not paul, did paul, yeah paul walker drove on fast and furious yep. either the first or second one so i think yeah first one right i think when jesse died i think so. it's the orange one right Yeah, the orange one yep, yep. so that was my thing yeah i saw that and i was like man i'm hooked so. that car was auctioned off the original some, car. I think it was like sold for like three hundred thousand or half a million or something, <laughs> something like crazy. Yeah. yeah, but that that car was auctioned off. I wonder who has that now. I have no idea. And then sell this. I think it was this year or was it last maybe year? Maybe last, last year. year. Yeah. I think it was maybe yeah. last year. Um. Okay. So you played football in Japan, which kind of was a Western influence over there. I'm sure because it was an American base. That's kind of why it was offered. Yeah. Um. Let me ask you this. So you're a dual citizen of both countries now, right? Of Japan and of the correct. United States. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can you go back. You were as you were there as recently as September. Okay. So you go back and forth. Let me ask you, aside from all the stuff that has any of the Western influence, what were some of your favorite things to do that were just like this was a part of the culture of Japan? I would have to say it's just I don't know, like onsens, like you know what onsen is? Mm-mm. A hot bath, public bath. Okay, that's a big thing over there. Huh? Yeah, and you can't have. I mean, you can have tattoos. Can you? Yeah, I mean, like some places accept that. Okay, but for some reason, like it gives me a lot of peace. I don't know why. Yeah, 
I don't know if the what, what they put in the water, but I mean, you get to see balls all day, pretty much, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, you had to be comfortable with that. You like, just brought back repressed memories of me going to the health club as <laughs> like a fifth grader. <laughs> little cough. <coughs> yeah, you just brought back some real repressed memories. No, I get that though. They probably put minerals. Oh like, yeah, I, yeah, they put, yeah, the they water, put, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, just like you feel so much better. You feel happy. Yes. You, you know, you just like. Yeah, you feel like you could tackle the world. Yeah, you know, after you get done, and I feel like, and that's the only place I ever feel like that is in Japan, going to a public bath. I don't know why. I I just don't have the same experience here. I don't. It's do not they, the same. Do as they even have it? Do they even have a public bath here in the states? I not that I've been to. I, the closest never. thing I've been to that is like hot springs. Hot springs. Yeah, yeah. That's the closest thing I've been. Like to in Colorado that. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing I've been to that here, and me personally. I have no experience outside of the country. I've never been outside of the country. You've been outside of Texas? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. I've been everywhere up north, all the way west. Um, far the farthest east I've been is Ohio, right? So, like for me, it's a culture shock. That's why I was so excited to have you on, because it's like now I kind of get to live that experience with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, that would be a trip. Every time I see a hot bath in a kung fu movie. That's where the Yakuza are hanging out. That is correct. Is that true? That is true. Oh, my God. They probably have, like, their own spot, though, right? Yes, they do. I mean, like, in Tokyo, like, mostly in, like, downtown Tokyo, majority, I would say 90% of those are run by Yakuza's. Really? But they're not, like, mean or aggressive, you know. They just, that's their territory. They just, they're business people. It's kind of like, like a fraternity. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. And yeah. that's what I see it. But, I mean, um, like, the traditional yakuza's like now these days are just a little bit more calmer, I guess. You know, the crime there is not as much as what it was used to be, like back in the eighties and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you literally will see yakuza's there, but really? they're like they're really cool. They don't mind American people coming in and experience that and stuff like that. So, is it true that the West Coast cholo style is a big thing in Japan? In Okinawa, really, they have a cholo place, like a burrito, like authentic. Really? Like, yeah, I, like it was on TikTok. I saw it, but I, I remember going to Okinawa, and just saying like that restaurant, and it's still there to this day. So, which, and it's authentic Mexican food. Yeah, I'm or bro- like I, West Coast Cali. Yeah, West Coast Cali, but okay. they kind of put their little Asian flair to it. I got you, you know. So, uh, but that's I, pretty dope. Yeah, I see all the TikToks of these guys dressed up in some khakis with their Nike. What are they called? Um, I don't. I forget the name of the. I think they're the Cortez uh-huh. shoe. Yeah, looking all but, cholo. But like you have to also remember, like <coughs> Japanese people are really like they want to dive deep into American culture, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, like if someone's out there like wanting to go, just go. I mean, people are gonna love you being there, and, and they're gonna ask you questions and stuff like that. If like you know, like. What's this, you know, like the car culture there. Like, oh, my gosh, like car culture is insane. It's like, huge. It's huge. They literally import a lot of cars from the United States there. And they <laughs> have a lot of legends, like, mm-hmm. in the car realm mm-hmm. that uh, have pioneered some crazy cars out of Japan. Mm-hmm. I think drifting, did drifting come from Japan? Was that a yeah. thing from mm-hmm. Japan? Yep. That's so insane. It started from the mountains. Then it worked itself down, then got to the you know the professional level, then now it went overseas to the United States and then Europe and 
And there's a lot of motorsport that involves drifting, like off-road rally car and all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Um, what would you say are some of the biggest differences from the U.S. to Japan? The number one thing is the culture. Yeah. You know, but how, how to explain it? Like, I could see in both sides is like, like Japan cares about other people in this sense. You know, I don't want to go too p- political. Yeah, but, yeah, you're you know, fine. but United States, like, it's just like they only care about themselves, you know, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, and I have nothing wrong with that. I'm like that sometimes too, you know. But in Japan, it's just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like that. That's the biggest thing for me. It's just mm-hmm. like how Japan run to their day-to-day operations and how United States run their day-to-day operations. And how they do that is just being able to work together as a team, you know, in a yeah. sense. And, you know, their trains are always on time. You know why? Because they want to make sure the people, like the citizens are getting to work on time, you know, because t- time is money, you know. And that's the number one way to get around Japan is, is public transportation. And if the public transportation is down, economy is going to fall that's the honest truth so yeah you know everyone's doing their part yes i get that yeah we got a lot of people that like to just kick back and relax and Mm -hmm. not they Mm kind of rely on other people to do exactly yeah Yeah. so you don't do you guys have like a is there like compared to our welfare program here what does it look like over in japan for people that maybe can't work or unemployed so it's kind of like same here in states okay but um, there's like wards or like prefectures or like territories in a sense where like every place is a little bit different. So, okay. um, but that's the great thing about Japan is like you can go up to the your to your you know city council and talk to them and say, hey, we need this, and they talk about it. And usually the case, they will give it to you. Mm-hmm. So, like if you're disabled and you need a certain amount of income to a certain degree, they will help you with that. You know, and like health insurance. Health insurance is probably the cheapest probably in the country, you know, in my opinion, you know, so you can literally get a surgery and pay 10 bucks, you know, like serious surgery, like a heart surgery or something like that, you huh. know, you know, they're trying to it cost you a lot of money here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I don't even know how much it's here. Probably a hundred thousand yeah. minimum. I don't know. Probably. So, yeah, it, they have social, like, like social security. I mean, they have everything to make sure that. The elderly people or whoever's disabled can live a comfortable life, you know. Just for clarification, what kind of government is set up in Japan? Same like here. Really? You know, so instead of a president, we have a prime minister. So Okay. So it's kind of like Great Britain then? Yeah, in the sense, yeah. Okay. So There's a parliament. Parliament, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, no, of course, we have an empire. Em- emperor, you know, so yep. the big daddy. Okay. So, so the emperor still is in effect, right? Yeah. To a certain degree. Because I remember there was a point where one of the emperors said he was going to relinquish a certain amount of power. That, that's correct. Take a step back. That is correct. Okay. Because he wants the government to be able to make their own decisions okay. instead of having one individual kind of sway yep. in whatever direction they want to go. So, yep. you know, and that's kind of what happened like in the World War Two. You know, the general really took control of that, you know, and convinced the emperor to do what what the general wanted exactly. to do. So instead of going through a, you know, through the government, he just went straight to the, you know, the emperor and the emperor kind of believed what he was saying. He was like, okay, you know, I trust you. You're the, you're the general. You yeah. do what you want to do. You want to go attack Hawaii? Go attack Hawaii. You know? Yeah. 
That's so. so crazy that one person's influence on another person had such a dramatic impact on history. Mm-hmm. That's so insane. And it's still being affected to this day. Yes. You got Hiroshima. You got Nagasaki. Oh my goodness. You know. What is the what is the consensus of the Japanese people revolving around Hiroshima and Nagasaki? I mean, like the people that been there through it all, you know, then those people are you know slowly going away. But I don't know how to say this. They appreciate it in the sense that it did happen. It's kind of weird to say that, but it's a lesson learned that that. They don't want that to ever happen to any other country, you know. So, um, you know, yes, there's some people that are so upset about the fact, you know. Yeah. And it's if you like, if anybody has a chance to go there, go. You know, you would really appreciate and have a better understanding how us, the you know, the United States, what we have done in the past, and we should be able, to, you know, learn from that mistake as well because we made a lot of mistakes too. Absolutely. In World War Two, so yeah, you know, absolutely, and. Was it the right decision to drop a nuclear bomb? We don't know. You know, we, we I can't say that. I you know, because we don't know the outcome we if we did. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, and and that's why people kind of appreciate that it did happen because they they know what the the outcome is in in that aspect of like, can you just imagine now what you know the technology has involved and you know, I can't even. Imagine. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Yeah, and now you're now the concern is those coming into play with Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, I I mean it's just yeah I mean it's just you got two powerhouses you know you got United States and you got Russia you know yeah you know and it, it's just it's just not just a, dicks. it's just not United States and Russia you have to also think about all other countries that are, you know that are NATO involved and you know and. And now you got China, China, China swinging looking, their dicks, tick, you know. looking dead. And then you got Kim Jong Un over there picking his nose. He's like, oh, "Let me join too. <laughs> Let me join." Yeah, I think uh, I read something when I was getting the current events together that South Korea and the United States are performing um, an airstrip test or a naval air air base test or something, something they haven't done in a long time in preparation for Kim Jong Un. He's planning a nuclear test mm-hmm. over in North Korea right now, right? So he's like, oh, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. You might as well get involved. Yeah. <laughs> let me put my finger in the peanut butter jelly <laughs> real quick. Let me put it in my ass. You know? Oh, little. oh man. Yeah. What does everyone think of Kim Jong-un over in Japan? Because no, that directly affects you. Oh, yeah. You're way closer than we yeah. are. Yeah. I'm just like, this fucking donkey, you know? <laughs> I, I like, I don't know. He's just... I don't have to explain. He's just like a little kid playing with his nipples and trying to get hard. You know, that's how I really see it. It's just like he just doesn't know what he's doing. That's fair. You know, and he's just waiting for the big boys, you know, China or Russia to kind of butt their heads in. It's like, I want to join too. Yeah. You know. And then it's just one big. Yeah. Because if North Korea goes involved, we're going to annihilate them. You know, that's the honest truth. You know, it's just. And that's why. that, that In the past, like in. During war with ISIS and stuff like that, when they cut the Japanese uh, journalists you know, on ISIS TV, they just um, um, Japan wants to be able to have the right to be able to go and attack, but of course they can't do that now. You know, it's, it's, you know the United States has to be there, kind of holding their hands. They're like, okay, you can do this and that. 
And that's what they want to do with, right now with North Korea, just to be able to show force, you know, like put their uh, soldiers. Japan does. Yes, and like on, North, on South Korea's, you know, DMZ. Okay. To kind of show them that, hey, we're not fucking around. So, you know, because they literally shoot missiles like on a daily basis, you know, at us. Just to, on a daily basis? Pretty, literally, pretty much, yeah. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't shoot twice a day. You know, that's literally how much, like, they try to annoy So us. at some point, right, that's like the mosquito buzzing around your face and, you just, and it and keeps you know. landing on you. Mm-hmm. At some point, you just got to smack that fucking mosquito. Exactly. And be done with it. Mm-hmm. I hate mosquitoes. I hate gnats. Are mosquitoes a thing in Japan? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. They're, they're bastards. You got Japanese mosquitoes? Yeah, they're bastards. They carry around katanas. I'm sorry, is that funny? <laughs> no, they wear little ninja glasses, you know. <laughs> Japanese but. mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's literally it. It's just like, he's just a, a mosquito that we just want to defecate on, in a sense. So You have to, because at some point, they're going to stop sending baby missiles, and they're going to send a big missile. And see what your response is then. See if they get your attention then. Yeah. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not Kim Jong-un. I don't know what he's doing over there right now. But, um, hey, what? Probably watching the finals. Playing you think so? He is a basketball yeah, fan. He is though. a basketball fan. Dennis Rodman's yeah, over there yeah, kicking yeah. it with him all yeah, the time. all the time. That's crazy. Imagine that relationship. Yeah, we need to pick his brain. Dennis Rodman? Yeah. That would be insane. I don't know if he'll even talk about it. So he might have some stuff out there. Yeah. But I don't know if that's something that he wants to divulge into. Nah, much, you know? nah, yeah, I'm sure he won't. Because now he's in a position where he's dealing with a global leader, right? Regardless of what is you he, think. Is he living here in the States? Dennis Rodman? No idea. I have no idea either. No idea. I just followed him on Twitter. I'm back <laughs> on Twitter. I just follow celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. Keep up with basketball and stuff. I don't know what Twitter is anymore, man. That was something that was cool when I was like back in middle school. Like MySpace? MySpace was the... MySpace was the ultimate social media. Yeah, my my back page was awesome, bro. It was always yeah. Awesome. That thing would look like a a raid, or you know, or not raid. What's it called? EDC or whatever. Yeah, a rave. There yep. you go. Rave. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yo, and shout out to Tom from MySpace because he was literally teaching people how to code. Like you're that on is your, true. You're yeah. on your computer and you're getting it free. You didn't have to pay for MySpace. You could have a playlist playing your mm-hmm. favorite music. You could organize and cause fights between your inner circle mm-hmm. by putting your friends. You know what I'm saying? MySpace was legit. Probably the best social media, in my opinion. Maybe that's a little bit of nostalgia kicking in, right? Mm-hmm. But MySpace was pretty cool. And LimeWare. LimeWare was also pretty cool. I probably ruined several of my mom's computers downloading oh, songs from my mom. <laughs> but I remember having my little Walkman and I always had the newest jams, you know? Yeah. We were going to get it one way or the other. Beer number one is done. And that was a problem in Japan. Like, we couldn't download anything from the United States. So, we literally, we had to use, like, before VPN was a thing. We really? had to literally had to use, like, pirate stuff to be able to, like, <laughs> if you want to watch a specific movie... And you download it somewhere or somehow. If you wanted a specific, like the, the Apple store back in the day was literally just Japanese music. So you couldn't even download Little Wayne's new album or whatever the case may be. Really? During that time. Yeah. You literally, That's not the case now, though. No, right? no. Everything's open now. You so. can get everything in Japan. Yeah. Is Samsung from Japan? No, that's Korea. It is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you look so disappointed when I asked that. 
Oh, you look so disappointed when I asked that. I didn't Panasonic. know. Panasonic. Yes. Panasonic is. Okay. Okay. And Sony. Sony. Can't forget about Sony. Sony. That, okay, that's what I was thinking Sony. of. I, we're rocking the Sonys right now, yeah. man. Sony is a brand that I truly enjoy, their product. Um, okay, man. So, briefly, when we were working together, we talked about it a few times. You were working on getting your pilot's license? Yep. Have you gotten that yet? Well, I have my student's private license. So, okay. I, technically, I, got, I could fly by myself right now, but okay. I can't bring anybody up. So, but, okay. I mean, I want to get that done as soon as possible. Cause what does that look like? How What do you have left to until you I, get it done? So, pretty much, I just have to do uh, cross-country, and I just need to do soft-field landings. And I think that's pretty much it. Okay. So, two tasks, and that's it. Then I take a test, a uh, written test, and then I need to do a... Um, an actual physical test, like we're flying around and okay. showing the instructor that, hey, you can op- operate the plane safely and not crash. Okay. Fair Sweet. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Do they make you fly through obstacle hoops? I wish they did. <laughs> might as well. Right? You might as well. Might, yeah. If we're Put risking. Put some balloons and stuff up there. Hot if, air balloons. Yeah. If we're risking at all, we might as well be going through some obstacles. YOLO. Right? You only live <laughs> once. Um. What got you interested in wanting to be a pilot or just at least flying planes? I just remember like when I was like, that was a great thing about living in Japan. My dad, like he, he was able to get like vacation time like every year. So in like, there was one big thing is like being able to travel and getting like for us to experience different cultures and be able to see the world in a sense. So I remember we flew to, um, I think to Amsterdam. And I, that was my first time ever seeing a 747. Mm-hmm. And I want bananas. And I was like, damn, that thing goes up in the air. <laughs> and it goes 500 miles. Like, it blew my mind. Like, it absolutely blew my mind. I was like, and that was like, I just fell in love. I was just like, I, I was so, I like, I was like eight or nine or years old or something damn, like that. So that's a big ass plane. Yeah. I was just like, holy mother of God. And, you know, I was just like, I'm in. You know, then, then, then like my cousin, uh, he he's an astronaut actually. For, he works for JAXA, and he actually went to the International Space Station twice. So Kimmy, Holy his God. name is Kimmy Ayui. So if you want to look him up, there you go. Kimmy Ayui. Kim. So K I M. Okay. Y A Y U I. Boom. So Kimmy Ayui. Yep. Wow. So he's an, an astronaut. He's an engineer. So and he flew, he flew F-16s for you know for Japan Air Defense. So and that kind of pushed me over a little bit more and it's like hey get your pilot's license you know so you know but now here i am so start trying fuck it i'll be an astronaut (laughs) yeah that was his dream so i'm happy for him that's insane and he flew f-16s yep for japan air force defense so yeah he might as well be a formula one driver i don't think he likes to go fast no no he's he drives so slow for some reason really but he flies fast planes that's insane to me you know they're like the most calm people. Yeah, they're, they're like the they're super calm. Yeah, that's insane. A mellow. He doesn't care anything. About the G force in an F sixteen is insane. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Kimmy Ayui. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So you decide. Okay, he's an astronaut. Maybe I can be a pilot. Yeah. When did you start working towards your pilot's license? Back in twenty, probably eighteen. It's been a while. It's yeah. been four years now. 
Okay. So, I mean, of course, I've been pro- procrastinating everything. It's just That's like, fair. You know, especially with now COVID and stuff like that, you can even fly a plane. You know, they didn't want you. You had to be like a bubble boy to even get in a plane. Yeah. And by the time you become a bubble boy, the plane's overweight. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't safe to fly. So, yeah. But, you know, hopefully, like, next year, I, like, I, I can get it done, you know. Yeah. And be able just to be one day just like, hey, I'm, you know what? I want to go to Austin and go eat some Franklin barbecue or something like that. Just be able to hop on a plane and go. You know, yeah, that would be pretty dope. So, how much does a plane cost? Like something that you're comfortable flying by yourself, or maybe with a passenger or two. I mean, it, like right now with all even planes are inflated, which is insane. But, really, you know, but like back before, like before inflated prices is like like twenty five grand. Really, mm-hmm. you can find like a nineteen sixty. <laughs> Cessna 172. Okay. You know. I don't know if I want to fly in that, bro. But, I mean, they're safe. But, I mean, you just have to look at it. You see this big-ass logbook with all the maintenance in there. Like, oh, oh my goodness, bro. I don't know if I want but to But, like, that. if you want, like, a good, decent one that's, yeah. like, fairly new, probably you have to spend, like, 80000 you know. That's reasonable. Yeah, like, right planes. now. Yeah. That four-seater, you know. We're talking about something that's going to carry us hundreds of miles <laughs> per hour yeah. in the sky. I don't care about spending some extra money to make yeah. sure I get a newer one. Then you have to pay for like maintenance. You have to pay for parking. You have to pay for all this other stuff. Insurance, fuel, fuel. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's expensive pretty quick. Yeah, I wish I had that type of money, but one day, one day, one day. That's a future. That's a goal. Absolutely. And you write it down. What was your primary purpose, or like, what is the what is the current goal? Once you get your pilot's license, are you wanting to like make a career out of it? Are you wanting to maybe like do your own thing or just, just for like casual flying? So that was the main reason why I started working at the dealership is because to be able to supplement my, that, you know, be able to fly around and stuff like finish my school in a sense. But now the car business got me hooked. I really wanted to become a pilot and be a commercial pilot, you know, either fly cargo or, uh, um, you know, uh, commercial or what's it called? Cargo. Yeah. Like I said, or even probably a private, like a charter, you know, yep. something like that. So, yep. but I've, uh, I sold a vehicle to a guy that does the private charter stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and he was actually, I think he was a pilot for the DEA or Homeland security. One of those two. And, uh, he retired and he was like, well, I still want to make some extra money. I still have a pilot's license. Mm-hmm. So I'll fly private charter. And he made himself some pretty good money. Well, I bet. Especially out of San Angelo. Oh, yeah. I know those FedEx cargo planes that fly out of San They're making bank. I know yes. they are. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about anything in the world. No, because they probably got some pretty good job security. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All day. What is the demand right now for pilots? Like, oh, it's extremely high. Really? Because not a lot of people are. You literally, literally can just go on to like one of those three main carriers, like American United or Delta, and just type in like signing bonuses. They're either paying anywhere from fifty to seventy thousand dollars. You know, sign on bonus. Sign on bonus. Yeah. Holy. As moly. a as if someone just came out, of, you know, from school, you know, getting your getting all your range, fifteen hundred hours, and all that oh. stuff. So. You know, you're putting a lot of trust into a person flying a big ass plane like that. Yeah, um, I guess you have to, right? I mean, you absolutely have to. You know, but we've seen from incidents, right? Like uh, now they're saying that Malaysian airline that went missing uh-huh. and they never found. Mm-hmm. 
apparently it was a suicide mission by the pilot and like he had predetermined the route that he was going to go that he figured no one would find the plane but uh, did they find it though i don't know that i don't know either i don't know but that. it's just the same like the one in china like the recent like the china airlines that the, the co-pilot decided just to end everything. Oh, so you yeah. went into the side of a mountain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're putting a lot of trust. So regardless of if they have the intention or if they're just young and they make a mistake, right, that's pretty scary for me. Yeah. I don't mind flying, but I'll tell you right now, I have to, like, take half a Xanax or something every time <laughs> I get on a plane, bro. I don't know. I never had, like, I fl- you know, I've been on a plane so many times, like, nothing really happened, like, for me, never ex- like I think one time it was like horrible turbulence. Like I saw shit flying everywhere, you know. Oh but that was like God. across the Pacific. I don't know what was coming. I was going. I think going back to to Texas, okay. you know. So and I just remember that. I think that's the only time I ever got scared <laughs> being on a plane. That's and okay, that, and that was okay. Yeah. But what is turbulence like? Because I've never really experienced like serious turbulence. It's like you being in a in a. I don't know, like a bottle or something, and someone's just like shaking you. Really? Yeah. What it, What causes turbulence? Just like an uneven amount, like airflow that okay. goes over the plane, or if something happens, like like it's shipped in the direction of wind or something like that, that causes okay. turbulence. So, and I'm assuming over the ocean, the wind can probably get. Pretty yeah, crazy. like yeah, but the, the, a but pilots do a lot of pre-flight before the you know before they even take off, so they always look at weather and see where, like, the, you know, the jet streams are and stuff like that. Okay. You know, and try to catch that instead, but, you know, turbulence is, you can't see it, so it's on. You can just do your best to kind of be. Yeah, you haven't kind of, you know, have an idea what's going to happen, so. Yeah. Okay, so maybe potentially pilot one day, still working on it. Yeah. The fact of the matter is you do it, and that's probably one of the coolest side gigs that i probably like my friends have right being a pilot's pretty cool and at the end of the day if shit hits the fan i'm calling you yeah if 2020 or it was 2012 ever happens <laughs> and world start falling apart <laughs> how close did that guy come in with his plane bro and they take off from the uh, runway yeah. as the world well, is just crumbling away from them yeah my damn ass would probably just pull the <laughs> throttle back in an accident shit myself <laughs> That'd be a terrifying moment. Or when they're running and Yellowstone is just erupting. Yeah. There's no way you get away from that. No. All of that shit was raining down around Yeah, them. my plane would be covered in whatever the shit that's coming out of the earth. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't get away from that. No. Still good entertainment. Yeah. I was a little kid when 2012 came around, bro. I can't remember. That's 10 years ago. Oh, my God. I was 15. And scared out of my mind, yeah. thinking that the world was just gonna. Yeah, be I over. think it came out like in two thousand or two thousand something, like two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. Oh yeah. they so did it right in time. So when two thousand twelve came around, I'm yeah. like, oh fuck, we're done for. Yeah, and then yeah. you got all your wingnut conspiracy <laughs> theorists. This is a warning. Yeah. This is a warning. They're telling us what's gonna happen. They got ships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, okay, so now. You no longer work at the dealership with me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do work for a new company. Tell me about that. Tell me what the company does, kind of what y'all's mission is, and then kind of your position in it. So I work for Custom Metalwork or CMD Auto Sales. So, you know, we're pretty much like a fabrication company, 
and also we're like a car dealership. So okay. we're like two in one. So fabrication and a dealership. So pretty much you can bring your vehicle in and you have an idea, have a dream about something you always wanted done to your car. We can make it happen. Okay. You know, or if you need a specific vehicle that you can't, for some reason, can't find, you call us and we can find it for you. Okay. So, um, it's pretty much, yeah. And my job is to be able to find those vehicles and also market the, the company. So I'm the chief of marketing for the company. So, okay. that's pretty much what I do. How um, convenient yeah. that I had a talking point on this then, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, interesting. Um, so for example, what are some of the things that you guys do to modify vehicles? So, I mean, like we have our own 3D printing machine that cuts metal, like metal and stuff, aluminum, carbon fiber, you, you name it. So, like we could do twin turbos. We, we, we build our own uh, wheels in-house. We build our own uh, turbo setup sometimes in-house because um, if it needs a specific specs or something like that, we can do it. We can build you an ECU, whole new computer management system. All at your shop. At all at our shop. In South Whoa. Carolina. Whoa. So, yeah. Is that where the founder's from, the South Carolina? No, he, he lives in Arkansas. Okay. So, um, Why has he got it all the way up in South Carolina? Taxes. <laughs> That's Ta- fair. Taxes are cheap in South Carolina. And property fair. taxes is cheap, too. So it just made sense for us to do it. And we have a lot of customers on the East Coast. Okay. So, like, we do a lot of stuff for uh, people in New York with their limousines and stuff like that. Okay. We can make a stretch limousine if you want a limousine. How about any car? Any car. So we could get a Ford Focus and make but, it a stretch. Yeah, pretty much. Or a Chevy Spark or something. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Could you imagine like a six-row Chevy Spark? <laughs> I, I don't think that motherfucker will move. <laughs> <or> the <ADP laughs> engine. It probably wouldn't. Oh, oh that'd be funny as shit, though. <laughs> you need to talk to your boss. We There is now a demand yeah. for the six-row Chevy Spark. <laughs> yeah, this guy, whatever, but fuck nowhere wants it, so... <laughs> Well, that's pretty sweet. So, um, so like you said, you also locate vehicles for customers. You guys are opening up a dealership, right? Yeah. And the dealership's going to be in Dallas. That's correct. Okay. You guys don't just sell Chevy Sparks and Ford Focuses, though. No. You guys are looking at selling some high-end vehicles, which means, and, and we're talking about along the likes of McLaren, Ferrari, Lamborghini, mm-hmm. Bentley. Mm-hmm. We're talking about some high-dollar vehicles, right? That's correct. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is, daily, you're around a lot of high-dollar vehicles. I'm very fortunate enough to be around those high-end cars because now I have a better understanding of the vehicle, you know, and it never gets old. There's no better first-hand experience than getting to drive a McLaren. (laughs) That's correct. Yeah, 720S. Even just their first one, the MP12C, you know, the most shitty-ass McLaren I ever built, in my my opinion. You know, I remember um, a customer brought his vehicle in for some modifications because his, he was going, he only had like 15,000 or 15 or 18,000 miles on it. It was very, like, he, he drove it, but not a lot, but like his trans, he, he's, went through like four transmissions already so he told us to kind of bulletproof it and that's where like that kind of exploded in a sense where like uh word word of mouth got along and then uh, hey can you do that for my car hey can you do that for my car you know so what model was his car the mp12 sc yeah like the first year like 2012 or something like that it was like black with had gray interior that was the first car that they 
like were introduced? Yeah, or? like when McLaren came back into the game, okay. selling cars. Of course, okay. they had the McLaren F1. You know, yep. I think that car is going to be a forty million dollar car. I wish, you know, I wish I could see one of those. But. Did you see the Mercedes AMG? AMG yeah, one. The one. Yeah, I think that's zero to hundred and what's what did it what did it say? I oh man, I don't. My, I mean that F1 engine that's a, oh, blew my mind. God. Those damn Germans always do something. A thousand horsepower? That's insane. And it's not going to be available in the United States. No, it is. It's also that, though. Really? Manny, what I forget his name, but Manny guy, that guy that has all these Bugattis, he's getting one. So so my understanding of it was they won't be able to drive it in the U.S., though, because of emissions regulations. Oh, yeah. That's what I think that's one of the engineers they were saying is that. It was really difficult for them to meet the emissions and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. And I also think the crash, like where the, it didn't meet the safety ratings or something like that. Not know. everyone needs a no. car like that, no. bro. No. Not everyone. I'm needs sure a they car didn't want to like crash a two million or whatever two million dollar car. <sighs> yeah. Starting starting price. You yeah. Know. It's gonna be expensive. Yeah. Not everyone's gonna be able to get one because they're in super limited quantity. I think they only made two hundred fifty. Yeah. So, <laughs> I believe, I think, and so I, whoever, they probably have some. Leftovers, yeah. You know, Whoever. they always say they say make two fifty, but they always have leftovers. They're full of shit. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I, you think they put vins on them? <laughs> I think you can. I yeah. mean, I'm sure they don't have them, like the ones like those test vehicles, but you could always put a vin on vehicles. Can so, you? Mm-hmm. you just have to pay a lot of money? Oh. <laughs> I can just find a little piece of metal and yeah. etch it into my car. <laughs> I'm putting vins on everything. Yeah. Yeah, the the Mercedes AMG, they do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, what would you say are some of the coolest cars that you've had the opportunity of driving so far, of experiencing? So, it would probably have to be the LaFerrari. Oh my goodness! Yes. So this one of this client that we he actually kind of works with us in the company. Um, he has his own company, but. Yes, he had a Senna too, which is like he literally took delivery like two days, like not two days ago, but McLaren like, Senna. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! So, but I'm a big Ferrari guy. I think yes. Um, I'm I, right I there just, with you. I just when seeing that car, like it just gave me all the butterflies and the jitters, you know. Oh, like I couldn't like it's like me, me, me Mega Fox isn't like my dream celebrity <laughs> crush. So that to me was like being Mega Fox. Yes, you know, the so, Ferrari is a beautiful, uh, car. beautiful Corsa red, black oh, interior with the red stitching, the man. perfect spec um, with the black wheels, insane, perfect car. And you got to drive it. I didn't drive it. No, I was lucky enough to sit in the passenger seat. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> he said, "Yeah, you can't drive it, but I'll let you ride shotgun." Right. Yes. That's awesome. He you got did. to see the McLaren Senna too? Yes. It was still, wow. literally it was still in bubble wrap in the interior. That's how, it, he. so this guy doesn't let the dealership even touch the vehicle. The only thing they do is they do the PDI, you know, the pre-delivery inspection on it. Yeah. And he said, do not wash it, do not touch it, don't take anything off, and just deliver it to my house. <laughs> so that's what literally what they did. Really? So, And um, he's a car, huge car collector. So, um, I mean, he has a bunch of crazy stuff in there. So, you um, get to meet some pretty interesting people, huh? I'm very fortunate enough. So, like my boss, you know, he introduced me to all these people. You know, like ex GMs from Lamborghini, Ferrari. You know, I met the ex guy, uh, Mr. David, that he used to run um, the Lamborghini of uh, Dallas. So, really? 
And he was a very cool guy, you know. I thought those guys were going to be dicks, but they're actually really cool, you know. They're just living life to the fullest, you know. Still grinding away, you know. And Man, I can't imagine the environment in a lux like a supercar dealership. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it would be an experience that I wouldn't mind pursuing. Yeah. yeah. It's so. just and that and that's a great thing about this company like very fortunate enough to buy vehicles, whatever vehicles we want. And be able to experiment with them, drive it, you know, and, and just do whatever we want with it, you know, so. And you're making good business connections, too. That is correct. I mean, you're meeting probably multimillionaires, maybe even billionaires, would you say? You got to have some money I, to I, be buying supercars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I guess, you know, you, you, you know who the rich people are. You know who the wealthy people are. Yep. Rich people buy just sports cars, but wealthy people have properties to pay for their 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 sports cars. Yeah. So you have those two people, and I I can kind of tell who's rich and who's wealthy, you know, and that um, really opened my eyes, and I was like, man, I want to be the wealthy guy, not the rich guy. Yeah. So is it intimidating sometimes? Oh being yeah. Around people um, like that? Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> I look at myself and I'm like, holy <sighs> fuck, bro. I mean, you know, I was like, don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. You know, and I, of course, I let my boss talk, you know, throughout the whole meeting and stuff because we do have meetings with those guys sometimes because yep. um, we have vendors that we have to take care of. And, yeah, they, you know, the way they talk, the way they present themselves, the way they – everything. Everything they do, the way they drink, the way they eat, you know, you you just kind of pick th- those things up and you're just like, damn. <laughs> you know, you're different. <laughs> yeah, I'm like here eating my food with my hands. <laughs> And I look at, you know, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, man. I, I can understand that. Yeah. I, I'm just even listening to you being in those experiences, and I'm like, man, that's probably pretty intimidating. Yeah. Being around people that could probably buy you. A like, I talk over. a lot. I talk a lot. Like, during those meetings, I don't talk a lot. Yeah. I just, like, try to stay quiet as much as possible because I do not want to say anything that, you know, to fuck it up for my boss or anything like that. Yeah. But, and you yeah. got a lot riding on that too, I'm sure. Oh, so. yeah. You know, I'd so. probably do the same thing. Just sit there and absorb information. Yeah, pretty that's, much. That's fair. Um, So the LaFerrari is probably your favorite car that you've driven or at least experienced. Mm-hmm. Man, those are beautiful cars. What, uh, what would you say is the fastest car that you've personally driven? It probably has to be the Lamborghini Evo. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we just literally bought it from the auction. We had to drive <laughs> that motherfucker back to our office. So I had no tags on that, and this was in Dallas. So, oh. so anybody that is a cop in Dallas, do not arrest me, please, for <laughs> the love of God. But I, you know, we like, and it was like, it was like three o'clock. So it was like pretty much almost that traffic time. So I was trying to beat the traffic because I knew like around four o'clock, everything's gonna be gridlock. So I had all. From Dallas all the way back to Fort Worth, where our office is at. So I was just hauling ass. You know, Lamborghini yeah. Evo. Mm-hmm. How fast did you get it up to? Probably like 140. Really? And I got okay. scared because a TPMS light came on. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Typical fucking Lamborghini <laughs> shit happens. Oh, yeah. Was it a comfortable fit inside the Lamborghini? No, they had the bullshit racing seats. So I, like my ass was hurting. <laughs> That's kind of the thing that, like, uh, obviously, I don't own a Lamborghini. And I've never personally driven a Lamborghini, but um, that's what I've always seen. The general consensus is they're not, they're not too comfortable. No, especially like I never I like uh, the one car I always wanted to, 
you know, drive is the, the, the V12, the Ventadors or something like that. I like always seen them around, but I just never got the chance to ride one. Yeah. Like I never drove a real Ferrari or uh, Italian V12. You know, that's one of my dreams is to be yes. able to drive a V12. Yes. To own one. Just to even lick one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. I don't get that opportunity. I just want to smell the seats. Yeah. Um, this, uh, they smell great the inside. Whatever they're doing, they're doing great with the interior stuff. It's craftsmanship. Uh, I, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. All by hand. Yeah. Craftsmanship. The stitching, everything. It's craftsmanship. It's not this pump and dump. And and that's the one of the main reasons why my boss, he actually has an Evo on order right now. Really? He's buying one of the last Lamborghini Huracan Evos that not going to be electric or anything like that, a hybrid. So, because he drove that one and he fell in love with it. So, and he actually has a, he drove the Huracan right now. So, just as a, that's why he, he literally ordered the Evo and he went to the auction the following week and purchased a, a Huracan just to drive around to his Evo Canyon. Wow. So, so he's living life to the fullest too. Yep. Um, so you, I understand that you have a personal car collection yourself. Do you still have a car collection? No, I'm Did you down. Liquidate? Yeah, pretty much. So okay. now I'm just down to two cars. Really? My Raptor and my little Lexus. Okay. And that's pretty much it. I do want a car collection. Like, literally, hopefully by two, probably two years or so, three years, I probably have my own house that I could build and, and have the garage that I always wanted. You know, my dream car is always the Ferrari 458 Italia. That's... I think that's doable for me. That's something I can easily grasp if I put my mind to it, and then start from there. Once I feel like, uh, like they said, once you get your first million, that's always your hardest million to get, and and everything else will kind of just twinkle down, you know. Because you know how to make a million dollars now. Exactly. So, and I feel like that's the same way with cars. If you could get your first exotic car, everything else will follow, you know. And that's my, I think I kind of agree with that. You know, that's how I see things in life. So. So a four five eight would be your dream car. Yep, red with the black interior. Yep. Classic, classic, classic Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I see Ferrari stuff everywhere, mm-hmm. and I follow Ferrari on Instagram. And I got to tell you, I'm w- I'm with you. If I could own a four five eight, and I will, mm-hmm. right? I'll have one in the garage one day. Um, I wouldn't mind a McLaren Senna either. That'd be a pretty dope car to have in the garage too. Yeah. What uh, What would you say would be your top three cars that you could have in your collection other than the four five eight if i had to pick three my number one would probably be a ferrari 250 gto that's the absolute classic that's a classic yeah that'd be probably my only classic car and the second one probably would have to be probably a that Ferrari F12, I don't know why. It's just, I think that car is insane. Even Jeremy Clarkson said it was too crazy. So, and the third one would probably have to be a GTR. Yeah. Yeah. Nissan GTR. Yeah. R34. Okay. With Midnight Purple. Okay. Is that one of the older ones? Mm-hmm. It is, right? Yeah. The, not the R35, but the R34. The V-Spec okay. 2 with, you know, with low miles. Um, yeah. Exactly, midnight purple, just bone stock. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, you have an insane amount of car knowledge. Where do you get that from? I just remember when I was on the shitter, right? Just <laughs> when I was a kid, just reading, just reading Motor Trend or you know these Japanese magazines, and they just tell me everything about 
you know, like everything about a car, you know. And I kind of still do that with the, at the dealership when, especially when the Corvette came out. I was just like, that, like for some reasons, it like lit, lit something in my eyes. And I was like, I just had to know everything about it, everything, every single thing about the transmission that had the DCT works and how the cl- clutch plate works, how, you know, the tires, how the manufacturer, how the, you know, oh, some system works on that car, everything, everything about that car, you know. Yeah. Then I watched the Le Mans. That, that's probably the main race I really watch is the 24 hours of Le Mans. Yep. So you see some really crazy oh, things yeah. in there. You got like fast the, cars and you got super fast cars. Yes, so. <laughs> and the development that <laughs> these manufacturers yep. make from year to year, right? Because it's an annual race, yeah. right? Yep, every year. Yeah, and that's been going on for years, for generations. Yeah, hand in hand with Formula One, I think. Mm-hmm. I think those two things have been a pinnacle for for motorsport for a long time. Um. Yeah, and that's always that was kind of one of the things that always fascinated me about you when we worked together, is your just insane amount of car knowledge and then your dedication to knowing the product. Right? It was always a pleasure to sit and listen to you do walk arounds or even just kind of splits spare some knowledge on us about you know the S what the Z01 motor being hand built oh, and yeah. having a nameplate on it, right? Mm-hmm. Do they do the same thing for the Corvette engines, the 6.2 no. that are in mm-hmm. them? It's but just, the Z06, that when they come out, they will. It will have, be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be That's going to be insane. Yeah, I have three on order. Really? Yeah. So. What dealership? One in Ohio, okay. uh, one in uh, New York, Carolina, and one in Kentucky. Okay. So. Y'all getting uh, them at a good price? <laughs> well, one I got in for sticker. Really? Yeah, but I'm number five on the list. So, <laughs> what do you think they get allocated each year? They probably will probably get the first year probably after they figure out because the, right now they have camshaft issues, so they're trying to sort that out. Okay. And and I heard that they they're reducing they like they they're gonna stop putting six twos on, on the Yukons and everything. <laughs> I guess they're gonna try to focus something else. So. Yeah. So, they're but, about to change the game. Man. Yeah, but. I think they're going to get like four on a year. Yeah. And I think that's it. He might be second year around. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be hard to get. Yeah. It's just like my Hummer EV. I'm trying, I have two Hummer EVs on order. So you haven't got one yet? No, the, the mine, my order would be p- picked up by end of the summer. Okay. So there's a, um, there's a outfit in Austin that I keep up with kind of similar to what you guys are doing over at custom Metalworks, except they don't do the fabrication fabrication aspect and they have a hummer ev yeah and they may still have it but uh i just remember my boss wanted one so bad but we just couldn't justify paying two hundred eighty thousand dollars for one so i don't know what they got theirs listed at i'll send you the link Uh, yeah maybe i'll get like a bird dog from the (laughs) the dealership here you go (laughs) i better get something we'll give you a bird dog too sheesh um but just watching the demo videos and seeing it outside of like commercials and stuff, mm-hmm. it's such a crazy concept. It's such a crazy concept. Do you actually think that like manufacturers are going to be able to make electric appealing? I they have to, right? I mean, by the end of this decade, every every manufacturer is going to be electric. They have to be, right? They have to be. They have to. They be. don't have a choice. They made so that it, commitment. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I, I'm guessing that's why they're, tr- they're putting, dumping so much money into this EV world, you know, like the Ford Lightning. And then, what, what? Have you seen the Rivian? The Rivian. The R1T? Mm-hmm. Those are dope. Yeah, but the, the, the problem with them is that, 
I think they're kind of behind, you know, with the, the technology. Yeah, I think they're behind the technology. There's there's pretty much piggybacking up what Tesla's already have done, you know. That's fair. You know, and in the same breath though, Tesla is a pioneer. Uh, not a pioneer because they weren't the first to do it, but, but they, in the sense they're the godfathers of everything. Yes. So you know, yes. and because you have brands like Polestar, mm-hmm. um, uh, Lucia. Yep. So and they all kind of bite from Tesla. Yeah, and. Even Elon Musk said, here's my patents, and you can take my patents, and you can put it on your vehicles. And that's pretty much what Rivian did. It pretty much took Elon's mass or Elon Musk patents and put that in their vehicle, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Well, know. kudos to them for putting something cool out, though. Yeah. I saw one the oh, other I, day. I, I think they're badass. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. I, I just think that, I, you know, to be able to be part of this game, you need to elevate and make a difference be That's something fair. different you know don't just take something and, and not like i think lucia i think of course they're testing some uncharted waters and i think that's a beautiful car i don't know why people don't like it i think they're pretty badass i've only seen one in my life and i i, I don't have no complaints no nope. you know i think the interior is beautiful what do they run though because i know they're pretty pricey right like the top of the line, you're looking at what 180. Yep. So I mean, in the second trim level is like 150 or something like that. Yep. So, but that I mean, is not going to be available for the m- basic the, consumers, the consum- right? Yeah. That's going to be like 10 percent of your consumer base. And and that's why Tesla is trying to capture that 90 percent of consumers. You yep. know, 95 percent or yep. whatever the case may be. Yeah. And and GM is having that RST truck, that electric car truck coming. I actually have one of those in order, but I won't be able to get one till probably twenty twenty four. You yeah. know, so you know, I think and I don't know how the car business is going to be like for the next two years or so because I feel like that's how long it's going to take for everything kind of rebound in that sense. I think with the uh, potential of a recession coming up, yeah, and I feel like Ford's already saying that the only way you could purchase the EV vehicle is purchasing it online you know and that's what exactly what tesla's doing tesla right model now. so yeah. straight know. from the from the manufacturer yep yeah so it's going to be a unique landscape that's mm. for sure it's going to be very very unique um i think my biggest trivial kind of whole thing behind it is you know because tesla's been around for a long time electric options have been around for a long time even hybrid options have been around for a long time and Although you have a significant portion of the population going that route, you don't have them. You don't have a majority, and you definitely don't have even half. I would say going to those options. Yeah. So, what happens when manufacturers no longer make combustion engine vehicles, and you don't have parts available? You don't have like gas stations eventually. Yeah, fade it's away. just the infrastructure that they have to create. You know, that's a whole different ball game. Are they just gonna take away the gas pump and put electric? <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna look so crazy in the future, and that's gonna cost a lot of money. Absolutely, you know. And so we should I, probably stop donating it to Ukraine. We just need to figure. <laughs> we just need to figure something out because I feel like it's because we're already twenty twenty two. We have eight more years. Yeah. I mean, shit, that's around the corner. I hope they're not banking on some, like, alien technology falling from the sky and leading us the way. Unless they are banking on that and they're just not telling us. Yeah, I just don't even know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you. Hypothetically, you go to prison for life Mm -hmm. for doing some crazy stuff. And 
you go to prison and you get the capital punishment. They're about to electrocute you in the electric chair. What do you eat for your last meal? Curry rice. Some Curry and, rice? And some sushi. And sushi. And ramen. And ramen. Curry yeah. rice, sushi, and ramen. And and a beer. Korean beer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so when I shit myself when I die, <laughs> I have to pick all that shit up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that's okay, that's <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's a nice twist on it. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all. Would you say that those are your favorite foods or that Hell concoction yeah. that concoction exactly. was purely made yes. to get back at the people that just exonate you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um what would so outside of those things, what would you say is your favorite fast food joint? In Japan or here in the States? What does fast food even look like in Japan? Compared to here, um, I guess I mean they don't really have like drive-throughs. Okay, you literally have to get out of your car and go <laughs> order your food. But it, I mean, their KFC is bomb though. Their biscuits—I don't know what they did with their biscuits, but shit, that's good as fuck. Better than here, really? It's not greasy. I don't know. Our KFC here is greasy as fuck. So yeah, I don't know. That's how we like it here in America. Really? I, I guess. Shit, that fucks my. I stomach don't like. Up. Yeah, I don't like it because it gives me. Uh, stomach acid and my oh, throat yeah. stuff and I don't mm-mm. gag reflexes yeah I'm not a fan of that but I don't, I don't know I would have to say probably pepper lunch there's yeah. a, call, a restaurant called pepper or a fast food place called pepper lunch I don't know what it's, it's bomb they literally give you a hot plate and you mix all your rice and meat they literally they, you, once, once you order it takes about two to three minutes and your food comes out and you cook your meat right there and you're gone within 15 minutes that's the definition of fast food. That is correct. Okay. Get you in and out. And it's all Japanese mm-hmm. uh, thing yep. like style food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, like you can get like a Western style and have like a steak or something. But, okay. you know, but usually in Japan, they want you to get the fuck out of the restaurant because you know how space is so confined. They want to turn turn heads pretty much. They need so. to maximize uh, it. Yep. Yep. I understand that. Okay. So what's your favorite fast food joint here in the U.S.? Man, I don't. Probably McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. The food, the food difference. I'll I'll be honest right now for everyone that's probably saying gross. McDonald's chicken nuggets and a medium French fry and a freaking Sprite. Boy, I'm down for that. Or a big. For me, I like that big fat belly wash. Yeah, Fanta <laughs> orange. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The Fanta orange does go hard, and I'm not even a fan of Fanta. Really? A Fanta? I'm not a fan ja- of Fanta. I love Japanese Fanta. I don't know. I guess they use different ingredients yeah. and stuff like that. Well, but. I I know that that's a thing, right? Because I know that there are certain chemicals in in our yeah. food and stuff mm-hmm. that are banned in like the mm-hmm. in Europe and other places. And in the sometimes world. it's just they don't have the the ingredients to make it available. You know? yeah, yeah. So it's just like, like yeah, I guess. Yeah, chicken nuggets are fucking bomb, though. Yeah, <laughs> you can't fuck with it. I don't know why people don't like. Some people, yeah, it's not real chicken. I, th- I think it's real chicken. Yeah. You know, it smells like chicken. It's real like chicken. enough for me to eat in that it's moment. It's crispy outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I dip that motherfucking barbecue sauce, it's called chicken sweet nuggets. Sweet and perfect. sour sauce too, bro. So. Do you vibe with the sweet and sour sauce? No. <laughs> <laughs> I literally get four sauces and I mix everything through. I get hot mustard, barbecue, buffalo, and honey mustard. And you mix them. Yeah, yep. Is it good? Hell yeah, it's good. Really? You get the little spiciness from the buffalo and the okay. tanginess from the hot mustard. Okay. And the sweetness from the honey mustard. Oh my God, so good. You got your palate on lock, bro. Mm-hmm. 
Why don't you just open an authentic Japanese restaurant? That's what my dad said too. Like if I open a Japanese restaurant here in San Angelo, it would probably be like a it's called izakaya, so it's like like a bar, but also you can order food at the same time. But okay. be like sitting at a table, you order your stuff on the tablet, all you can drink for like twenty bucks for an hour and a half or something like that, ninety minutes. And you just like it's like finger uh, finger food. It sounds like you've already thought of this. I have like I, I kind of want to do it, but at the same time, I, like I don't know the food business, so that's like, fair. You know, I, like I would have to have someone like understand food business because like, I always told myself like I would never go into the food business if I don't have someone like backing me up or something. You that's know, fair. so or has an understanding of the food business. So. Yeah, because that's a whole other demon. I bet. Oh yeah, I bet that's a whole other thing. A whole other world mm-hmm. that people are living on the daily that we just don't understand. Because yeah. all we're doing is going and eating and leaving. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. don't know what the back end's like. You yeah. know how the back of the operation works. You know, yeah. ordering food. You know, why when someone gets sick? Yeah, all these liabilities and shit. So it's just like I'm telling you right now, Issei. If you open an authentic Japanese spot, I'm gonna be one of the first people at the door, bro. You need to. Uh, that's what I should do. The first person gets in for free, like fruit. Free, everything's paid for. You get as much as you want, free food. Oh, yeah. You'd have people lining. Well, you should do it to the first, like, 100 people. 100 per- Like, give them, like, a... 50% discount. Something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Something that it doesn't kill you on the first day. Yeah. But gets people in the door. Yeah. 100%. You have the palate for it, obviously, right? You know what tastes good. You know good food, right? And you also enjoy providing good quality Mm -hmm. experiences exactly right you've developed that through sales through networking so you have the investors bro Mm -hmm. open your own restaurant what'd you what would you what'd you call it izikaya izikaya boy the name of the restaurant would be izikaya boys izikaya boys Mm -hmm. okay but i don't know if i could put boys i have to be more open (laughs) what uh what is that from well, like I literally have a group chat on Messenger okay. with my like with my best friends. It's called Izakaya Boys. Okay. So like, I mean, they through thick and thin since when I was a little kid. I mean, they, that's what we call ourselves Izakaya Boys. Izakaya so. Boys. Mm-hmm. That's dope, bro. Are these kids that you grew up with in Japan? Mm-hmm. Do they still live in Japan? No, all of them are doing their own thing. Some of them are in the military still. Some are just <laughs> nursing, you know. Yeah. So, which is cool. That's you awesome, know, man. Living the good life. That's dope to stay connected yeah. with people from your childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm blessed enough to have friends that I grew up with in my childhood. Too. Yeah. It's a blessing, man. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this. The Japanese candy game is insane. You've brought some to the dealership. What do I have to do to get some more of those Japanese candies? Just bro? come with me, bro. I'll show you everything. We'll take a tour of the candy world in Tokyo, and you'll be like, holy fuck, I never want to come back to the United States. I'm telling you right now, as soon as my son is old enough, we're going to Japan. As soon as my son is like, old enough. I, I feel like if anybody can travel anywhere, just travel somewhere out of the States, it will change your life. I honestly believe that. Like, I feel like that's the problem with this country is sometimes it's like people are so close-minded. But it's just like, I mean, like go to like just travel, and you, it will open up a whole different aspect of life, and you will enjoy it. Yeah, you know, yeah. good. Yeah, but go to Japan, bro. I'm telling you, you'll love it. I would absolutely love to go to Japan. I, uh, it's on the bucket list. Japan's definitely on there. I would love to go. I would love for you to take me so you can get me the hookup on the Japanese candy, and so you can well, show. But me what, what's your what's your favorite candy though? Like what what's like your. Uh, flavor profile um 
I don't, I vibe with sour stuff, right? But I don't care for sour stuff predominantly. Mm -hmm. I'm more of like either gummies Mm -hmm. or those Laffy Taffy style. Oh, the high chews. Yes. Those are, that's all I need. I'll get a million of those. But they have a high chews here, but it's not the same. No. Like, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I want the one that you got in Japan. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You get Coke, you get mango, you get pineapple, you get everything. Everything you could think of, they have. I see it on TikTok too, bro. Everyone's importing them and just selling them, and they're they're selling a lot of them. Candy, chips, all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, do it, bro. I'm telling you, change your, your candy game will be on point. I'm dragging you along with me. I'll I'm be not there. Going to Japan I'll be without there. you. I'll be there. Yeah, I'm not going without you, bro. Let's go. He say, thanks for being on tonight, bro. We're an hour and a half in, right? You feeling pretty good? I'm feeling pretty good. Cool, man. It's an absolute blessing to have you here, Issei. I know you're a very busy guy. Thank you for giving me your time this evening. Thank you for giving us a little bit of Japan tonight. Thank you guys for listening. As always, man, everyone have a good night. Deuces.